about the Nets? Chris Carino and Tim Capstraw. Love those guys. Hey, nice to see the Nets get a win. Nice to see Durant actually being, you know, kind to his team and teammates. Anyway, a fun game and a fun ending there in Portland. And now we get to football Friday. And this is a big football Friday. Not only because I was thinking of something. You know how we don't normally do picks? Well, Fleegs, I've been thinking about it. Maybe we've come up with some kind of game, an idea that me, you, Marco, could have fun with the rest of the way here. And we'll see how it works out. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. But more importantly than that, although that is pretty important, more importantly than that, and I got extra energy today because I'm ready to get the hell out of here. Friday, baby. I can't wait for the weekend. Are you kidding me? Am I off Monday? Oh, no, I'm not off Monday, but I have a short week next week because it's Thanksgiving. The holidays are here. I'm going to be listening to Delilah next week and enjoying myself and Christmas shopping. I almost went to the Christmas music today, but not yet. Don't get excited just yet about Delilah and Christmas and all of that has to offer. That's next week. What we can be excited about this week are the two New York football teams that have big games. One enormous game with the New York Jets. And we've touched on it throughout the course of the week. But now as we reach this football Friday, we know it's there. And I'm starting to plan my day accordingly and see who I want over, potentially have some people over and watch this game. That's the magnitude of this one. Jets, Patriots, not for... All the marbles in the AFC East. But, man, you're talking about, and you just saw the Titans last night, Thursday Night Football, get themselves to 7-3 and three on the season where you look at the landscape of the AFC. They are clearly one of the better teams, at least record-wise. And the Titans continue to do the same thing year after year. you got to give Rabel credit. They don't even have a quarterback. Or Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback, and yet they still go out there and consistently win and are a playoff team. But the point is, the record that Tennessee has now with seven wins, that's pretty important. And the Jets have an opportunity to get themselves to that seven-win plateau this weekend. And to do it in New England would just mean that much more. Think about this. And I know it's still hard to fathom for Jet fans that their team is actually this good, especially with all the things that have gone wrong. We were saying before the year started, if everything went right for the Jets, maybe they could be a playoff team. Well, not everything has gone right for them. And you know by now, whether it's Brees Hall, hey, even Zach Wilson not only being hurt, but hasn't been great, Vera Tucker, and so on. Eli Moore being a non-factor. I mean, if I would have told you all those things prior to the start of the season, Zach Wilson would miss some games, and even when he comes back, he's not going to be great. Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be done for the year. They're going to lose Brees Hall. Eli Moore is going to be a non-factor. You'd be like, dude, come on. What are they going to win? Five, six games? You might have said that anyway. But here we are where you look at the landscape of the AFC. Chiefs at 7-2. and two, Titans now at 7-3. and three, The Miami Dolphins at 7-3. and three. The Jets have a chance to get to 7-3 and three and take over the AFC East division lead. And I know that it doesn't mean much after 11 weeks being in first place. Obviously, you want it after week 18 to be in first place. You want to win the division, not just be in a you know a tie, but winning the tiebreaker with Miami in that division. Or potentially Buffalo as well. Obviously, Buffalo and their game got moved to Detroit, right? Against, uh, they'll be playing uh, Cleveland in Detroit ahead of their game uh, against the Lions on Thanksgiving as well. But anyway... The Jets control their fate here because of the wins already against the Bills and the Dolphins. 
The one team that they didn't beat this year that they played in the division is the New England Patriots. They haven't beaten them in seven years. Seven years. And it's been, obviously, a one-sided rivalry. I hesitate to even call it a rivalry. It's been one-sided. Dominated by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, regardless of who the quarterback has been. This is a huge opportunity for the New York Jets. There is nothing better in life than opportunity. I know everybody wants everything. Oh, just give me that and give me that. Well, actually, you know who taught me about this? Francesa, a long time ago. The greatest gift that you could get is opportunity. And that's what the Jets have this weekend. Opportunity to really make their mark and cement their start to the season through 11 weeks, 10 games. And it's really a huge swing game because of the feel that you would have if they go down to the Patriots yet again. You remember how you felt after they lost to them the first time? Disgusted. That was supposed to be the party. People were pumped up, ready to go to the game, watch the Jets finally squash New England. Jonathan Franklin Myers, Zach Wilson, three interceptions, and the Patriots win again. BB with that smirk on his way out. Well, not this time. The Jets have to win this football game here. Not to have a season, not to make the playoffs, but to be taken seriously. And forget about the media. Forget about the fans themselves. That's who it matters to. Robert Sala, LaFleur, Wilson, that defense, they need to know that they can beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. It can do wonders for them, confidence-wise. We will feel like they're legitimate, but they will feel like they're legitimate. And right now, it probably feels like they're going up against an impossible challenge. They thought last time they were going to have their way with them. The coaches even basically said so. We remember when they ran up on us last time. Yo, how'd that work out for you? The Jets have more talent. I'm not going to say they're a better team than the Patriots. They have more talent than the Patriots. Now, there are obviously some concerns coming off a bye with Bill Belichick. That's a problem. I mean, it's a problem if he's not coming off a bye. Imagine Belichick with an extra week. Come on. Look out. Matter of fact, this may be a bigger game for Robert Sala than anybody else. He's got to show that him and his staff, he and his staff can go out there and compete with Bill Belichick with all things being equal. You know, both teams off the bye. But at the very least, the Jets should have an advantage, should have an advantage talent-wise. Not to say that the Patriots aren't a talented team. They do have some talent, just not like the Jets roster. The biggest disparity is between the coaches. Will that show up again on Sunday? And look, it's not easy beating the Patriots, clearly. Something the Jets haven't done in seven-plus years, right? But beating the Patriots in their house, even more of a challenge. Beating the Patriots in their house off of a bye? Woo! This would be a much bigger win than the win a couple of weeks ago against the Buffalo Bills. That was a shocking win to many. This would be a bigger win. An enormous game. 
and an essential playoff game. A pseudo-playoff game for the Jets in New England. Now, the good thing is you lose a playoff game, you go home. This is not that. They will live to play several more games. But this is a big game. And that's all that we could ask for. Now, for the Giants, they don't have a big game against Detroit, but it's an important game against Detroit. Ahead of the big game, Thursday, Thanksgiving, where millions, millions, trillions, billions, everybody is going to be watching the Giants and Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The national stage for a team that has shocked many people with the start to their season. Seven and two. Nobody thought the Giants would be seven and two at this point. Maybe at any point. Did you think the Giants were going to win seven games, period? But they did. They have. And they have a chance to build on it. And really, this is the one, you know, I was talking about it yesterday. It's the last remaining piece to the puzzle to put them in a great position to close out the season the final seven weeks. Where after this one, it's nothing but division opponents for the next four weeks. And then they have, you know, even a tough challenge the final three weeks. At Minnesota, home against the Colts, at Philadelphia. But this is the last game you're going into feeling like, hey, Giants should win this football game. And maybe more so important... Because this might have to be a game. And I know the Giants' defense is playing well. And they've done enough, obviously, to get them to be a 7-2 and two team. And Wink Martindale going to you know, let the dogs loose and, and go get them and open up the can of you-know-what, as he said. But because they may need to open things up with Daniel Jones in the passing game. Detroit can move the football. Detroit can score. They're not a good team. They're they're sloppy. They're all over the place. And I don't love the head coach. I mean, you know, he's going to rip your kneecap out and blah, 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 or bite your kneecap off, whatever it was that Dan Campbell said when he first got hired. He's, you know, a passionate guy, but he's all over the place, as is his team. You know, Jared Goff is not a great quarterback, but he can put up some numbers. They have a couple of running backs. They have some wide receivers. They can make plays. They're a... I don't even know if I would say dangerous team, but they could be a potentially bad matchup for the Giants. Because if you get into a shootout, not going to be easy to beat the Lions. That's not the Giants' strength. They play the game close to the vest, shorten the game, run the football, control the clock, don't make mistakes, let the other team make them make mistakes and beat themselves. At some point, they're going to have to open things up to win a football game or win multiple football games. And maybe this is the weekend where they do against the Lions team that could score some points. And in that case, then we're going to see if Daniel Jones is ready to take another step. And I think that's of high importance when you're talking about the Giants making the postseason and how far eventually they can go. And I know that, you know, maybe there is a human element to where they're feeling like we are. I can't wait for the Dallas game. This one's just kind of, all right, get this one out of the way, get the win, and then let's have some fun watching them play the Cowboys. Maybe 
to a man, deep down, players are feeling that a little bit, excited about Thanksgiving and their travel plans in the short week and knowing all the people are watching, and you just hope that that doesn't play a factor. Now, you know the coach are going to be getting the guys to play hard, and you know once the game starts, they're going to be into the game. But there is such a thing as human element. I don't know about if I would go as far as saying a trap game, but the human element that looks ahead to the bigger game. Giants have to take care of business, though, first against the Detroit Lions. What a week 11 we have in front of us here. with Week 11! It's approximately 10 weeks deeper than we usually get with the football teams. Usually after week one, it's, oh, God. What's going on with the hot stove? Which, by the way, we'll get into with Aaron Judge winning the MVP. Brian Cashman speaking uh, as he's doing that sleepover uh, outing that he always does every year. We'll get into that. And the Mets and Verlander and DeGrom and all that stuff as we're going to 5 a.m. this morning. But it is a football Friday and an important one for both the New York teams. Jets in New England trying to slay the Dragon. Giants at home trying to make sure they take care of business against a team they should beat, team they are better than, ahead of an enormous game on Thanksgiving Day. 877-337-6666. Just getting started. We are going till 5 a.m. with a warm-up show with Alan Jerry. As I mentioned, I had an idea that we'll do a, a way to do some picks. Because I don't want to just do the same old Okay, let's do picks. Fleegs, what do you got? Give me your two games. All right, I'll give you mine. Marco, what do you got? And away we go. I mean, not that that's bad. It's just not for me. Used to do it, and I kind of got over it. So I'll try to come up with a fun way where maybe we could have some picks and have a little competition as well. And you guys could play along at home. So we'll do that. And like we said, plenty to get to. Rangers with a tough loss again. I mean, I know it's early to dive into hockey, but it has been a, a frustrating start, to say the least, for the Blue Shirts. We mentioned the Nets coming off a, a big win in Portland, so we get into the NBA. Hey, people are excited about the Knicks again after two wins. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sal got it back on the fan. I talked about how it obviously is a big weekend for both the New York football teams as they continue to be you know, playing solid football here week in, week out, and want to remain relevant and get into the postseason as we you know get toward the end of the season here. But maybe more specifically, and I mentioned it's a big game for Robert Sala going against Bel- uh, Bill Belichick, but specifically with the quarterbacks here, at some point, Giants going to have to open it up with Daniel Jones. Maybe this is the weekend, right? And we'll see what Daniel Jones can do, assuming, you know, the Giants throw the football more than 20 yards, all those different things. Big plays from Daniel Jones through the air. Not saying he can't do it, just saying we haven't seen him do it consistently enough. And the Giants haven't let him. And there's going to be a point where they're going to have to if they want to, you know, succeed in the postseason and potentially get to a Super Bowl. Hey, you happy now, Brett and Long Island? Giants might be able to get to a Super Bowl. Maybe you could sleep well tonight. Anyway, we need to see him get to that next level. But how about Zach Wilson? And let me tell you something. You know, 
Oh, I hope you know if you listen to the show. If not, this is your first time. Hi, my name is Sal. And I'm a believer in Zach Wilson. And I've heard a lot of negative things. And I'm trying not to let that stuff dictate my feelings anymore or impact my feelings anymore. Whether it was the stuff that I've heard about DeGrom from endless people about he's not happy here and blah, 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 blah. And now the stuff that you're hearing about Zach Wilson is that the teammates don't like him. Uh, I'm not sure about the coaches, but n- basically none of the he, he doesn't he, he doesn't have the respect of the locker room. They think he's immature. They think he's been handed everything, spoiled, and all those type things. And when I hear that, I'm like, get get out of here. Now, maybe there is some truth to it. But there's one way to change that. Earn their respect. And you earn their respect by working hard and winning. Go out there and perform and play solid football. Something that Zach Wilson did not do against the New England Patriots. You know, also, these somebody's got to be able to get through to him. Hold him accountable and let him know that, hey, nobody likes you around here. If that is the case, and I don't know this to be fact, I'm just telling you stuff that I've heard. And it bothers me because I love Zach Wilson. I don't want to hear that negative stuff. Oh, they think he's this, they think he's that. The complete opposite of a guy like Daniel Jones who has all those intangibles. See, I watch Zach Wilson and see that he has ability, in my opinion, that Daniel Jones does not. However, Daniel Jones, and it has been proven, has the intangibles that we have yet to see from Zach Wilson. Maybe he does not possess those great leadership skills and doesn't have the ability to win over the locker room or doesn't know how just yet. And you hope, and he's still a very, very young kid. He'd gone through a ton in just a year plus in the NFL. He's got a lot to learn and he's got to mature. But the Jets will not have success until he does. You cannot have a team that doesn't believe in their quarterback or doesn't like their quarterback. Just doesn't work like that. Something eventually will blow up. So it's an important week for Wilson, and every week would be, to go out there and play well and start to earn the respect of your teammates, especially after what went on last time against this team. 877-337-6666. Good to see the phone lines are working on this football Friday. Now I'm even extra fired up. Let's talk some sports, shall we? Josh is calling from Long Island. Good morning, Josh. Oh, I thought the phones were working. What the hell's going on? Oh, hey, Josh. Hey, all right, Sal. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love the opening. Your opening can go on forever. I mean. Oh, please. I'd rather talk to the callers. I just want to get through the 15 minutes or so and then get to the calls. <laughs> right. Great. And, uh, but thank you. Like, you know, thank you. Great. The AM signal goes all the way through the universe, so you're being heard on another planet. But um, mm. first of all, Buck, Buck Showalter, um to me, he's like Bill Belichick's mini me. I mean, he just has that Belichickian thing to I him. I call like, him mini me. He's his mini me. Bill Belichick's mini me. Show Walter. Right. No, I know. I was yeah, just saying. Yeah. I call him mini me. You know, like Doctor Evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's, that's it. He's mini me. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. He, How about no? <laughs> yeah. 
he could he could do an Austin Martin commercial or something drive around. But the thing is, right. with the Jets, I, I you know now we're hearing it. They don't like Zach Wilson. I, that's that's really a formula, you know, for a win. That's a formula for winning for a losing team. You know, you shouldn't really care. You know who you're playing. I don't care Belichick up in New England. Who you, if you're a good team, you don't care who you're playing and and where you're playing them. And if it's a snowstorm and if they have to move the game, they move the game. You're a great team. You're a good team. You don't care who you're playing. And and a lot of the problems with Zach Wilson, I don't really think it's all his fault. Then the the last position, uh, sound in sports where you actually need a brain is the offensive line. Now. Blocking for running is a little bit different. You just plow ahead. You pull the oh, what ball, does that have to do? Well, but wait, you were talking about Zach Wilson. You went right into the offensive line. You're losing me here. Well, because he's you know he's not really getting fully protected when he passes. He's right. A lot of times, you know, a lot of times he's running around. You know, I think if the offensive line, like I say, the last position in football. No, I, I, no, I got that part. Look, here's the bottom line. The Jets have built their success, and it's unfortunate there's no more Brees Hall this year, but they built their success on running the football and playing defense. They, at some point, are going to need Zach Wilson. Look, the AFC is a different story. The Giants can play the way that they play in the NFC. In the AFC, you want to be talked amongst the big boys, Kansas City, Tennessee, Miami, Buffalo, and again, teams that the Jets have beaten, specifically the Bills, because they you know they beat Miami with a third-string quarterback. But if the Jets want to be taken seriously to compete with those teams, not only do they have to continue to play defense, and they play very good defense, and at some point you hope it gets to from very good to a great defense, but they're going to need Zach Wilson to be a main contributor for this team, which he has not been at this particular point. And I agree with that, and I really feel that Zach should roll out to his right because he's right-handed, roll right. out and uh, and throw the ball with his throwing arm on the right side and fire, even if it's not going to be a screen pass or receive a turn. Oh, you, look at you, Josh. You want to call the plays, and thank you for the call. You want to call the plays. Why don't you call up LaFleur, tell him, hey, look, I got something drawn up for you here. Take this. And they were just on the bye week. That would have been the time to do it. Send an email or something. I'm sure you can figure out his email. And draw up some plays and give it to him. Look, the Jets know the strengths and weaknesses of Zach Wilson. And I know a lot of times, and I really don't like doing it. Now, in certain situations, game on the line, fourth and one, what are they going to call? Oh, how can you call that play? A fade in the end zone? I hate it. That's different. But when you start critiquing an offensive game plan, I'm telling you that coaches, like, that's the comical stuff, why they hate media members and fans, because... We almost say it as if we believe we can do it. Where I'm telling you, it's it's one thing to say with baseball, a decision that you would make. Football is a different animal. You're not coming up with an offensive game plan that's going to be better than Mike LaFleur's. As much as we criticize him. Now, you could say you don't like him and you don't like the routine, the rhythm, whatever it may be. But... You telling, well, I like when Zach Wilson rolls out to his right because he's right-handed. I mean, they know. They watch it, too. Part of the issue is you need you need to drive the football. Three and outs, you're going to limit the playbook, clearly. If you're driving the football, then you start to see some things unveiled. When the Jets have had success moving the football, driving the football, and we've seen that this year, you see the playbook get opened up. And you see some creativity, and everybody loves all the gadget plays and the trickery and the rollouts or whatever. 
But LaFleur is showing himself. Now, my issue with him was not him specifically. It was him being inexperienced on top of the head coach having no experience, on top of a rookie quarterback. To me, the trio was an issue. I want one of the three, at the very least, to have some experience at the job that he's doing. That was my issue. But LaFleur has shown he's had some really good games. And he's shown you at least hope why you may have confidence in in him moving forward. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Sal, what's going on, man? How you doing? How are you, Chris? Doing well. Um, Before I get to my my football point, I'm so pissed off what's going on right now with the Mets. Like, Regardless of what we want to talk about, I was talking to Fleeks about maybe possibly going uh, after Otani and whatever Soto in the future. Why are you not go- making any offer to go after the best player in baseball right now? I don't care what the contract is, what his age is. He showed he's the, right now he's the best player in baseball, and you're showing that you're not trying to go after your rival cross-town team. You guys are having like little secret conversations. I'm not going to go after your best uh, player. When you are the richest owner in sports, I don't care if, if it's the Yankees or whoever it is. If he's the best player and he's a free agent, why are you not going to go after him for? Agreed. What, what are we doing right now? I, I can't, look, I can't argue with you. I mean, I, I, I there's nothing I can, I can't argue with you. The Mets should be especially, going after Aaron Judge, especially when you don't even know if the, the most likely Yankees are not going to make the if, if Giants are going to make a ridiculous offer. The only one that's going to counter that is probably the richest owner in, in sports. Look, I can only go. Friend. I can only go off of the re- prior to hearing the actual report. I was saying that if Aaron Judge, and we even actually all year long we were talking about, it doesn't feel like the Mets are going to be involved with Judge because Judge is leaving the Yankees. If Aaron Judge were to be a free agent leaving the Rockies or the Giants or whoever, pick a team other than the Yankees, we'd all be screaming, the Mets need to go get this guy. It's a yeah. no-brainer. Pay him 380 whatever it may be that it takes. Go get him and bring him yeah. here. That's the missing piece. But because he's coming from the Yankees, it's like, oh, we're not going to go after their player, which it's either A, a convenient excuse because the Mets don't want to go out there and spend on Aaron Judge, or B, they are being too kind and being playful or friendly or whatever you want to call it with the Yankees, which... It's it's not right. That's not the best way to build a winning team. Screw them. And in the same way, the Yankees say the same thing. Screw the Mets. If they have a good player like Nimmo or Degrom, I'm going to get them. You think you think George Steinbrenner would would have cared? No, he he would have went to he would have done it on spite and go try to get Degrom. This is what I mean, and this is what Cohen I would thought would do. Especially being a fan, he's a Mets fan. You know, he's the best player in baseball. He's going to bring more money to you. Obviously, a guy like Aaron Judge is bringing you money. He's bringing you. A lot more people are going to buy season tickets. They're going to fill those seats. And he's, that's the point is he's the best player in baseball. Right, but here's the you thing. So the report comes out, and SNY, and you know, Andy Martino reported it, that the Mets are not going to go after Aaron Judge because of their relationship with the Yankees. Yeah. They're not going to try to poach one of their like guys. That. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's but it's just it's not going to happen. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think you bring up an excellent point. Mets fans then- should be annoyed with that. And then just another thing on the Mets before I get really quickly on the Giants and the football, but and then and then possibly not. What is what is your opinion on possibly not getting Degrom and going after like Verlander? You're going to have two forty year old aces that you might not not make it through the season. Look at look at Scherzer last year at the end of the year. You could tell he was obviously still hurt, 
he couldn't even pitch. He was blowing games. Like, I don't, I like don't, that. I don't want Verlander because I got to let you go because I got to take a break. And we had enough time. You chose to use that time talking baseball. Get back to us next week, and we can talk some football. Sometimes there are limited times. I know that you know at three a.m. and there's nobody on the line. I'll let you go for twenty freaking minutes. I don't care. Right now, though, I do have to get to break, and we have other calls on the line. But I'm with you with the Verlander thing. Only, only if DeGrom doesn't want to be a Met anymore. Only if DeGrom doesn't want to be in New York anymore. That's the only way I'd say, okay, plan B. Let's look into Verlander. I don't love it, but it's potentially the next best option. I mean, it's going to be Verlander or Rodon to replace Jacob DeGrom. You choose.